You are listening to a podcast brought to you by motherswhowork.co.uk. Be sure to visit the website for more tips and advice on being a successful working mum. Hi there, this is Joyce Akufo. I'm the founder and editor of Mothers Who Work, the lifestyle website for mums who are serious about making money. So I've got to the stage where I don't even like to mention the C word, you know, the coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to abbreviate it to the C word because I literally just don't want to hear about this virus anymore. And thank goodness it looks like, you know, things are improving. The spread is slowing down, you know, more recovering um, patients of it and so on. Today, though, I want to talk about what we all need to learn from the big C. And, you know, I'm not going to get into politics, into health. I'm talking about the practical steps that I've seen that are so vital and important for all working parents, all working mums that need to be taken on board ASAP. The first thing I want to talk about is multiple income streams. You know, what's been amazing is seeing how many organisations, how many big brands have been forced to furlough their staff. Now, if you haven't heard of furloughing, it's basically um, where a company says, we're not terminating your contract But basically, you won't get paid for a period of time um, because we can't afford to pay you. You're still an employee, but you just won't get paid until such a time as we can get paid. And the government has stepped in and said, "Okay, we will pay up to 80 percent of um, employee incomes, but we're going to cap it at two thousand five hundred. I mean, that's a lot of money for many people. For some people, you know, it's not. Not much, um, especially if it's a household, there's one main breadwinner, you know, but I feel like in that regard, you know, the government has done um, some good. It's tried. But what would happen if somebody um, who is the main breadwinner, you know, for a lot of families where uh, mums are the sole parent in the household for whatever reason, you know, or maybe you've just come on maternity leave, which we all know maternity pay is not amazing um, in the UK, especially. And so finances are a lot lower than they would normally be. And so that money is tight, you know, can be quite tight for a lot of people. What would happen if there was another income stream coming in, income stream? you know, another form of income coming in, no matter how small or medium sized, it could pay for something. It could alleviate a lot of the stress. But the reason why I think it's such an important part of life today is that more so than ever, this old idea of having a job for life or having a job until you're ready to leave that job it just isn't the reality anymore. You know, of course, in some industries, um, there seems to be a lot more job security. Like one that would come to mind is healthcare. However, I've spoken to some um 
people in the um, health profession, they work for the NHS where you'd expect there to be no issues with um, getting work. I was speaking to one of my contacts just the other day and she was telling me that um, basically where she used to do maybe three or four shifts a week, it's been cut down to one shift a week because you know, other wards have been shut down because patients just haven't been coming in because like a lot of people, you know, they're terrified of going into hospital and maybe catching something, even though those wards are quite separate from the wards where COVID-19 patients are, you know. So it just goes to show that even those roles, those sectors that we think have security. There's no such thing as job security in the way that we expect or thought it to be anymore. It just doesn't exist like that anymore. And so having more than one income stream is so important. And I think over the next um, few weeks and months, I'll be looking at sharing some ideas on quick win multiple income streams, the ones that don't require investment or if they do, very, very small investment to start going just to support the working family, the working mum community. Another area of importance is technology. So many of you will know that I run um, a tuition business called Geek School Tutoring. It's been going now for almost a decade, very successful. We have two venues and 100 plus students and COVID-19 hasn't slowed the business. If anything, it's just been a bit busier because of the migration to online. Anyway, I speak of technology because working with those parents um, to migrate their children to online platform has been such an eye opener. You know, these days, you know, you might see friends and family updating their WhatsApp profile pictures regularly. You're seeing them posting on social media. And so you think that everyone is on, you know, a particular level of understanding where it comes to technology. I've learned that even those updaters of social media, um, they really aren't as au fait and up to date with technology as one would expect. And I would just like to admonish our listeners, working parents, whatever industry you're in, really get up to speed with technology because because of technology, many businesses and many employees have been able to keep on working. But there are some industries that are still yet to embrace technology, even let's say three quarter way or halfway up to what is available and usable as we speak in 2020. And they've just been left behind. And so I would just really encourage everyone, you know, go onto something like YouTube and just literally type in a search about current technology, uh, current IT technology, current apps to use, how to be productive, um, apps I need to know as an employee, apps I need to know as a business owner, really embrace it. We're moving into quite a different phase in the digital age and 
I've just seen that so many parents are left behind in 2020. Um, and, you know, with what's happened uh, with this global pandemic, the C word, I think that a lot of employers will be looking at how to minimise costs. And so many more employees will be working from home. You know, for a lot of working parents, that will be a godsend. <laughs> you know, maybe you've been trying to get more flexible working or just get agreement on flexible working, but your line manager or your um, organisation tends to frown upon it. But because so many have been forced to make it possible for employees to work from home, they're seeing that it's actually doable. But if you don't understand technology, you know, you can find it harder than it needs to be. So I would really, again, encourage our listeners, our working parents out there, really get to grips with technology. So I've mentioned going on to YouTube. You can also use things like Skillshare, which is an app and you can use Udemy, uh, which has an app and which is available, you know, in the traditional sense. You can access it from a laptop or PC. Please don't get left behind because things are moving at quite a significant pace, quite a fast pace. On that note, I move into flexibility. Now, I've been amazed at how quickly the fitness industry has taken um, exercise by the reins and really rolled out um, opportunities to stay fit online, be it on YouTube or on an app, literally every, every social media platform I've gone onto has showed some kind of fitness thing, whether it's a subscription or free video or what have you, you know, they have really taken on, taken on this role. As a parent, if you haven't heard of Pete Wicks, I don't know where you've been, but he's practically been doing PE lessons for every child on the planet. And, you know, it just goes to show what you can do when you're flexible. From my personal experience of running um, geek school tutoring, you know, we've migrated everything online right down to homework with live teaching lessons. So, you know, not a video cast or anything like that. I've used a portion of our team, the best of our team and the most available of our team to teach the children online. The only difference between our online tuition now and our traditional face-to-face is the fact that we're not breathing the same air. That's the only difference. Homework is still available and it's markable just because of embracing technology. There are platforms like Zoom, which has doubled in their revenue because so many educators and tutors and schools have embraced Zoom. There are Google, there's Google Hangouts, there's Microsoft Teams. There are so many options available. The only thing that may have held anyone back is just not being flexible. And, you know, it's been a real eye opener, I'm sure, for a lot of businesses, which up until a few months ago were saying that actually, oh, you know, I get business. I don't need to be online. I don't need a website. What am I going to waste money on that for? You know, I don't want to go on social media just uploading pictures. It's a waste of time. 
I'm thinking that now, you know, if you were resistant to it, I wonder if what's happened will make you think about the fact that had you been online, what could you have done to keep in touch with your clients to maybe offer something um, online? You know, when it gets to a point where GPs are consulting on the phone or with a video call, you know that the world is changing. So we all need to embrace this. It's a real eye opener, uh, a real lesson learner. And we shouldn't just go back to our normal thinking once lockdown is lifted fully, because this is a wake up call for a lot of people. You know, um, get flexible in your business. You need to build a way to keep working and to reach your audience and your clients if there are any limitations to access, because if you don't, your competitors will. And then will you have a business at the end of it? That's the question. Now, one that's a bit of a contentious subject is our children's education. It's been amazing. Um, again, I don't want to feel like I'm name dropping Geek School, but uh, which I'm not um, just for the purposes of anything. I'm really not. The reason why I mention it is because obviously with so many parents um, that I'm in touch with, I'm hearing about a, um, quite a broad spectrum of experience. So um, when schools were closed because of social distancing, what I understood from what the government said is that children would still continue their learning, but they would have it online and that they would still have interaction with their school, with their teachers. It would be online. You know, it would be rolled out. And so parents wouldn't have to worry so much, et cetera, et cetera. The experience has been so broad. I've got students who don't get anything at all from their schools. I've got students who only get paperwork, which means no actual teaching, meaning that the burden, like the ones who get nothing, falls on their parents. And some parents are working full time from home, probably working harder than they used to based on some of the feedback that I've been getting because it's literally back to back to back to back online meetings and so on. They aren't getting that much respite. So homeschooling um, isn't as easy for them to navigate as one would expect. And then you've got some who are maybe getting one live lesson a week, some who are getting a handful a week, and then some who are getting live lessons every day. And even those who get live lessons every day, some are getting like an hour a day, some are getting a couple of hours and others are literally online, just like they would be for the school day, having breaks according to the school timetable and so on. So you can see already how broad the spectrum is where it comes to homeschooling is being very, very interesting. So what it says is that as parents, you know, we can't leave everything to school. You know, for many parents who have seen some of the work that's come from school, some of them have been really pleased and encouraged. Others have been shocked at the quality or the standard of work level of work that their children have been receiving and realizing that actually they need to step in because maybe the work that their children are getting 
isn't really up to the year group level. I don't fault teachers um, or schools per se, because depending on the type of school a child goes to, there could be a broad range of ability. And so work may be getting sent home that is achievable for all the students. There are so many reasons for it. So this isn't a teacher, school or education system bashing uh, segment. It really is just about encouraging parents to get a, a good understanding of what their children should know for their year group, uh, what they need to know for particular exams that they're doing, be it for the SATs in year two, in year six. I've got students who are preparing for the 11 plus. Obviously, if your child goes to state school, it's not the, the school's remit to prepare them for the 11 plus due to basically the 11 plus not being compulsory anymore, something that was changed in the 1960s. Even if your child goes to a private school, an independent school, a prep school, you still need to have a good understanding of what they need to know for their year group and looking at the national standards. So have a look at the uh, curriculum for your child's year group. Um, you can get that on the .gov website by doing a search or just doing a search or just going on to Google and doing a simple search like national curriculum for year six or for SATs, something like that. And for GCSEs, you know, I really feel for a lot of the, well, not a lot of that. I feel for the year 11s and I also feel for the year 12s who haven't been able to sit their GCSE and A-level exams. I do feel for the year 10s as well, who will be sitting theirs by all accounts because there's such a wide disparity of teaching yet again. So it will mean that a lot of them will have lost a good term's worth of teaching. But again, you know, with the support of parents, if you can um, afford tuition, go for it by all means, certainly for this, um, the compulsory subjects. However, you know, it would be unfeasible for many parents to expect them to pay for tuition for all the subjects that their child is doing for GCSE, you see. And so being a bit more on the ball, having a better understanding of what your child needs to know for their GCSE based on their exam boards would be helpful because you can literally Google spec for GCSE maths for Edexcel or AQA or whichever exam board your child is writing for. Some parents don't know anything about the exam boards because, you know, maybe in the school that their child goes to, children don't necessarily get told about their exam boards in year 10. Some schools like to leave that till year 11, which is a bit strange in my view. I guess they have their reasons for doing that. Um, but many parents do not know the exam boards that their children are um, preparing for GCSEs for and this is something that needs to change you know you need to get an understanding of the exam boards 
um, that your child is sitting the GCSE for, have a look at the spec. You know, they are easy to read. You know, don't expect it to be full of jargon. It isn't. I think even um, students can understand them. They've really been made accessible um, to everybody, really, um, who needs to know anything about these exams and many of the exam boards actually produce guides for parents there'll be something in there that strips down to the nitty-gritty of the information that you need to know so i mean listeners those are my key areas really you know multiple income streams flexibility and being adaptable in your business embracing technology and having a good understanding of what's going on in your child's education and what they need to know these are some take homes. They are things that, you know, you can learn about easily. We're all busy, you know, even if you only work part time or you're a stay at home mum or you run your own business or you're a full time employee. Busy is on a spectrum in which we're all uh, somewhere on that spectrum. But these things are so important so 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 important um that we can't take those things for granted really so i hope you've enjoyed this i'm very keen to hear what your thoughts are on the areas raised any tips and advice you have for other parents on how you've navigated the big c in the areas discussed in this podcast would be welcome. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to subscribe and to share. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, which I hope you have, please write a review to encourage other people to subscribe and listen. Thank you. This audio is brought to you by motherswhowork.co.uk, the resource for working mums, business mums, and stay-at-home mums.